I'd just like to say this gig sucks. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back. Sorry, it was my aunt's birthday. She made such a big deal about it, huh? Well, birthdays are merely symbolic of how another year has gone by. And... <laughs> Oh, hell, you old bastard. No matter how desperate we are that someday a better self will emerge, each flicker of the candles on the cake, we know it's not to be. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Juicy J. Shout out. Shout out. Happy birthday. Turn the fuck up. My dog, Magic Man, a.k.a. the safe cracker, a.k.a. the selector. <laughs> Come on, man. Happy birthday, man. Turn up. Come on. I got my weed over here already. You know what I'm saying? Spokes up, man. Spokes up. Your buddy. <laughs> no, 
Magic Vane, man, coming back here again, once again, for another episode of Chucks in the Treehouse Lounge. Guess what, guess what, yes it is, my birthday party. Oh, how exciting. Another year, another day in the future. That's Wagwan. Now what else is Wagwan today's show? Because oh my goodness, we got a cracker. We got a cracker for you because we're cracking open some more Echo and the Bunny Men safe. Some big tunes, their biggest tune, their biggest track, and some of and a little backstory on some of my most hilarious personally created slang. The original juice from back in the day, okay? But we'll get into that a little bit later. First of all, I'm gonna give a quick mention to the movie we watched earlier today. 2017's smash success of filmmaking. Hostiles, the Western. We're talking Christian Bale. We're talking West Studi, okay? Motherfucking Mogwai. We're talking Adam Beach, my man, from Peg City, from my hometown, Winnipeg. Adam Beach, motherfucking Squanto. You know what I'm saying? A warrior's tale. He's been doing it, representing this city for years and years. What up, Adam Beach? What up to the movie Hostiles? How are you that good? How do I love Western so much? I'll tell you why. Because it's like a hundred years from 1885 to 1985 is actually not that much time. It's, it's only one person's lifetime, right? But man, so imagine if you're, you know, your grandpa was a little kid just kicking it in the old west, you know, and then in 1986, he's just like, grandson, you know, or daughter, like back in the day, I used to be blasting on motherfuckers with six shooters. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie the cinematography the story if you dare check it out you will be into westerns and then i got some more good recommendations so you can email me about that mortimermortymain at gmail.com for all your questions and comments see hostiles that's a big recommend actually i had seen it before i had seen it in 2017 and i was like whoa this movie's awesome and then I told a couple of people about it, but you know, no one paid attention. And then uh, I was talking to a buddy, a friend, the other day, and he was just like, yeah, the movie Hostiles. I was just like, yo, man, I actually recommended that to you in 2017, but you know what? Now that you mentioned that, I totally forgot about it. Let's play it uh, while we're setting up the lounge, you know? And so that's what we did. All right. Okay, here's the situation today. We will be listening to two tracks from Echo and the Bunnymen's second album, Porcupine. This album was released in 1983. I said earlier that this album has one of their biggest songs. This song had their biggest song at the time, and we will be listening to it maybe shortly because it's amazing, and now I'm just like all pumped up for that. It is called... The Cutter. <laughs> the Cutter. Not describing any one person, as far as I know, but maybe. Actually, no, probably not. That's track one, side one. Song two is The Back of Love. This album, when it came out, Echo and the Bunny Men struggled as a band to record it. The, the situation in the studio was, quote, horrible. 
And I was just like, man, that must suck. Like, you've already come out with a cool album, and you have fans, and you're trying to record the second one, and the animosity, whatever, is our, the rock star shit is already popping off. So you're in the studio, and it's all toxic, but you can't even quit, you know, because, like, you've just made it. So, geez. So that's what was happening while this album was being recorded in Liverpool in, I guess, like, 1982. I <laughs> I got something to tell you here in the spirit of full disclosure. You know that the music you hear on this show is on wax only. Today, we will be once again listening to the disc that we listened to last time. Songs to Learn and Sing. Because... The vinyl disc for my copy of Echo and the Bunnymen's album, Porcupine, is nowhere to be found. And originally, I thought that I had just grabbed this album cover, maybe, from the record store I used to work at. Because, like, if there's no disc, it's worthless. And I was like, well, at least there's, like, some pretty cool album art here. Which actually is, uh, I I think, um, shot in Iceland, which is, like, where a lot of my, uh... Ancestry comes from both sides of my family, so that's cool. I was like, oh yeah, I'll just grab this because of its echo and its Iceland, and then like maybe one day I'll have like a harsh tote story to tell about not having a disc. But no, because the price tag on this album is not one that we had at the store that I worked at. So I actually bought this for $7.99 somewhere, sometime in place. And now my second theory is that one night, like I had some goof friends over and they got hammered and maybe slipped the disc into the wrong album jacket. But I'll tell you, my friends, I have looked and I can't find this disc friggin' anywhere, man. But that is okay for today. We're making it work, all right? Because... Like I alluded to, the two tracks that we have to listen to, the two singles that came off of this album are track one and track two. That is the cutter and back of love. Because we have songs to sing and learn, which had all the previously released singles, we have the cutter and back of love on wax. So hooray! Okay? (laughs) Huzzah! Let's listen to... A song that is great, and this was their big hit. This like ripped it open for them, their commercial success. The Cutter. And I'll talk about what I think uh, a cutter is after this, alright? Biggest cutter I know? <laughs> tough to say, tough to say. Tough to say. Who amongst us hasn't been a cutter at some time, right? <laughs> Not cut yourself, man. Not cutting yourself. <laughs>
cutter that's what i'm saying <laughs> try to avoid being a cutter i think i was mistaken earlier i was mistaken earlier i said porcupine is their second album it's actually their third but you know these things happen when you're playing that like lost disc game i remember that most frequently with cds man school university with cds were, were the medium and how many times did you open that cd case and the cd wasn't there and you're just like ah oh, you know like where is it did i lose it did someone steal it you know did my friend brian fucking steal it from my house who knows so that's over with <laughs> with digitization so that's cool but yo, The Cutter, man, The Cutter. I love that song so much uh, based on the song that it is, but I also love the song title because it makes me think of something else, something totally different, which I'll try to explain here. Okay, dig this, fashion seatbelts. Junior High, Winnipeg, St. James, 1996, on the basketball team. We're in grade eight, you know, the oldest kids in the school, kings of the school. And our crazy science teacher brings on this assistant coach who was like this troubled youth <laughs> that he had known from a couple of years before. This guy Brad, man. This guy Brad was in a high school. He had a Chevy Nova. No, he had a Malibu. He had a blue Malibu, which was boss. He was like some tough guy, you know, like he's talking about like getting in fights and like going to the bar and stuff and we're all just like, whoa. And then Brad just like fucked off in the middle of the season or it's right before playoffs actually too. And then was just like never heard from again. And we're just like, yo, Mr. Henderson, like what the fuck is up with Brad? How could he just leave us like this? And then Henderson was like, oh yeah, like Brad's got some problems, you know? 
And then we didn't even think about Brad at all, except for like laughing about him a couple times over the years until like seven or eight years later, my friend Chris, who was on the basketball team, was just like, yo, Morty, you're not gonna believe who I saw at the bar last night. And I was like, who? And he was like, Brad, the basketball coach. And I was like, oh! I was like, oh, does he still have the Malibu? And Chris was like, I don't know, but he's jacked, like ripped on steroids and was hammered. And was apparently just being a real dickhead, like just wanted to fight everybody and I don't know, maybe all his friends had left at that point or something because my friend Chris was just hanging out with him. And Chris said that like everybody that Brad didn't like in the bar, Brad was referring to that person as a cutter. He's just like, oh yeah, like these cutters over here, like I'll fuck them up. Like, oh yeah, that guy's a cutter. You know, like I just can't stand cutters, you know. And Chris is telling me this and I was like, cutter? <laughs> you know, like, and Chris is like, yeah. And I'm like, cutter, you know, cutter. Like, cutter. And Chris is like, yeah, cutter. And I was just like, oh man. And then we just kind of laughed about it. And then, uh, you know, like we see someone on the street and I was just like, oh, look at this cutter right here. Just like some random person. And we both just burst out laughing. And then there it went. And then all of a sudden, cutter became our new slang for just like some goof person who did a goof move. So for example, one weekend, we were at uh, my cabin, my mom's cabin in Gimli, and my friend J-Dub drove his car into the ditch. Pretty big cutter move. So he was the cutter of the weekend at that point. And then we broke into like a Coast Guard boat parked on the lake, and I thought I lost my wallet there. I thought I dropped my wallet there the night of the crime. So we returned to the scene of the crime the next day to see if there was a wallet laying around on the snow. And there wasn't. So I later found it like back at the cabin and I was just like, oh my God. And everyone was like, oh, you're the biggest cutter of the weekend. But then we get back to Winnipeg and City Keith realizes that he left his fucking parents car keys in the cabin so we had to drive back and that was like cost us like two hours so he was a cutter of the weekend you know what i'm saying you dig what it takes to be a cutter so don't be a cutter you know what i'm saying try your best plan ahead all right so the cutter you see how it gets me you know what i'm saying elliot that guy's a cutter he's always like being late and stuff not replying to text messages things like that okay Let's get to the next song, man. The Back of Love. The Back of Love. It's, uh, it's weird, but I like it. And the band was like, yeah, this is the one that we want to release. And this single has really cool, has really cool album art. Like, I don't know who the, uh, painter is but it definitely looks French <laughs> oh here it is it's called uh, it's called the promise uh, by a guy named Henry Scott Took. now he's English you know fuck imagine that eh? what of all the back of love let's get into it what does it mean I don't know Chopping up my stopping thoughts Self-doubt and selfism Were the cheapest things I ever bought And you said love To the back of love And you said 
Check this out, something to think about, cause I gotta go. Okay, bees, talking bees. Bees, where, like honey bees. Well, a lot of, there's a lot of bees, right? I don't know, they don't all make honey, but check this out though, you know, you heard about like worker bees, queen bees, larvae. Did you know that before the little bees are able to go fly out around and collect the pollen to bring back to the colony to feed them. Before they can do that, before they get their driver's license, okay? Before they get to go out into the world and with the little bee cells, okay? Collecting the pollen. Before that, they gotta put in the time at the colony to help with the other bees. You know what they do? You know what they do? You know what they do? Crazy. You know what they do? They take care of the larvae, all the little bee babies that are always hatching. 
and they do that for a period until the teenage B, you know, like basically, I guess, hits puberty, and then they get their driver's license, and then they can go, like, collect the pollen, and, like, fight with other insects, and, like, try to avoid humans at all costs, you know what I'm saying, and they bring back the pollen and the food so the family could eat, and everybody does it, works together. But it's not just like the bees born and then they're out there buzzing, okay? They gotta put in the work first before their mom, the queen, is like, okay, you can go now. You know what I'm saying? Alright, I gotta go talking to some people talking about, you know? <laughs> okay, but, okay, but, but, uh, Peace, peace, peace.